your holy name. Lord, have your way in this place. Let your Holy Ghost move upon our hearts, dear God. Move upon our minds. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, do a supernatural work in this place tonight, dear God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight on a Wednesday night. If you have a Bible, I invite for you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 5. Isaiah, chapter 5, and beginning at verse 11. Warn to them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink that continue until night, till wine inflame them. And the harp, and the vial, the tambourine, and the pipe, and the wine are in their feast, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Quickly, let's turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 28. This is what David said in verse 5. He said, because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. By the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to preach on the operation of his hands. The operation of his hands. You can be seated tonight in the house of the Lord. You'll find out that this world that we live in does its very best to eliminate God, to remove God out of the equation. This world will do anything that they possibly can do to discredit God. You'll find out that not too many people in this life really care about knowing who God is and what God has done. A lot of the emphasis has been placed on man and the glory of man. 
And you'll find out that people have so many different ideas. And they're all ideas to eliminate God. There is an ideal of how things were created. Now, the Bible tells us clearly, it tells us that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It tells us that plainly. There's no question about it. But you'll find out that man and uh, scientific studies and all of these different things are invented and thought out to discredit that truth that we know to eliminate the fact that God did create everything. He created the heaven and the earth. But the world will tell us that things was created through um, a Big Bang Theory, that there was a big explosion and all of a sudden things appeared, and that's how the world was created. Not God. God couldn't possibly, you know, do that. But it's all a an attempt to eliminate God, to kick God out. Tonight, I don't have any uh, beliefs in that um, idea. My beliefs and my opinions and my the things that I trust in, the things that I stand on, it doesn't come from the ideas of this world. It doesn't come from the ideas of the philosophers. It doesn't come from the ideas of the uh, the scientists of this world, it doesn't come from the movers and the shakers if the, of this world. It comes from the word of God. And the Bible tells us very plainly, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't know what anybody else thinks tonight, but I believe with my whole heart that God created it all. I believe in my whole heart that God formed man out of the dust of the ground and that God breathed breath into man and that man became a living soul. I'm sorry, I don't I don't apologize for the fact that I believe God's word tonight. I don't apologize for the fact that I stand on God's word, God's unadulterated word. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You can be seated tonight. You stand up for that. And if you say that too loudly, people will look at you like you're strange, like you, like you just fell off of Mars somewhere. And uh, that's the mindset of this world. But the Bible clearly tells us that he created all things. It says all things was created by him and for him. I'm going to stand solely on that tonight, that God created all things. Another ideal and opinion of this world dealing with man is that they believe that we, um, they have these ideas that man has traits of ape-like uh, characteristics in that we evolve um, from, from that. I don't believe that I came 
from that tonight. I believe that there's a God that had a plan from the very beginning and that God molded me and shaped me. The Bible tells us that we was created in the image of God. It don't say that we was created in the image of an ape. It doesn't say that we was created in the image of a monkey. The Bible says we was created in the image of God. I don't know about anybody else, but I stand solely on that tonight. I believe that there is a God and that he had a plan from the very beginning. And I won't let this world persuade me and believe in something else that is not true. Can be seated tonight. All these things that I'm talking about, I'm talking about the operation of his hands, things that he's done, the work that he has done. Here in the book of Isaiah, I love reading this chapter because at the beginning of the chapter it talks about, it gives a parable of the vineyard and it's talking about God's people and how that God planted them for a certain reason and purpose, and what they began to bring forth was not what God was looking for. But as you begin to read on in this chapter, you'll find out that we come to the scriptures that we read, and it talks about a group of people. It talks about people that have begun to do things their own way, and it talks about how that they uh, rise early um, to be, and they chase after and they pursue strong drink until all day long and it talks about how their parties and things that this world gets involved in how it's full of all of these ungodly things and right at the end of that scripture it talks about how that they regard not the work of the Lord neither consider the operation of his hands you know when you sit down and you begin to consider and you begin to think about things and you begin to think about who God is and what God's done. You'll find out that God is great and you're not that important. You'll find out that God is so much, so much uh, far ahead and you can't even begin to wrap your mind around how great God is. And, it be, and when you sit down and consider, you realize that God is great and that he is greatly to be praised. People that don't sit down and consider and think about things, they don't praise God. They praise the idols. They praise the superstars of this world. But I want to sit down and I want to ponder some things. I want to think about God and how great and how wonderful God is. And I want to worship him according to his greatness. Come on tonight, I want to worship him according to his greatness. He is great and greatly to be praised. So I come to give him great praise. I come to give him high praise. I didn't come to give him little praise. I come to give him what he deserves tonight. I've sat down and I've thought some things over and I realized that there is none like God. There is none that can compare to God. Come on, there's none beside him, for he is God all alone. You name him, and they can't compare to God tonight. You can be seated tonight. People that don't consider what God has done and what he is doing and what God continually wants to do are people that think 
They'll fall in the trap of thinking that it's all about themselves and thinking that they have the idea and that they have the answer. And that's the, the ideology of this world, that we don't need God. We don't need God. I find it funny that people that do their very best to eliminate God, to get rid of God, they don't want God. They don't want the knowledge of God and who God is. But they want God's protection. They want his provision. And you read the scriptures and you'll find out that you can't kick God away. And you can't remove him out of things and think that you're going to have his protection. Think that you're going to have his provision. The scripture tells us that the angel of the Lord, it encampeth around them that fear God. In other words, those that reverence God, those that have a respect for who God and what he and who he is. Come on. You can't get rid of God. You can't remove God out of the schools. You can't remove God out of your life and expect to have God's protection. Come on. I want to know what it takes to have his provision, to have his favor, to have him to look down upon me, to have his hand upon my life and on my children's life. Come on, you can't get rid of him. You got to think about him. You got to consider who he is. You got to get in sync. You got to get in line with his word. You can be seated tonight. When things in this life, when there is disaster, when there is chaos, When you have people walking in schools and gunning down children, one of the infamous questions is, where is God? Where was God in all of this? You know, it's not a coincidence that these things happen. It's not a coincidence that these things happen. You find out that people removed God from the public schools a long time ago. They removed prayer from public schools a long time ago. And now we want to ask, where is God? You got rid of God a long time ago. And now you're wondering why are these things are happening. I'm telling you it's happening because you don't consider the works of his hands. Because people don't consider what he has done and how great and how awesome he is. I want to know what it takes to have God's hand and to have God's I want to know what it takes to have that umbrella of protection all around me and around my family. It takes me recognizing how great God is and what God has done in my life. Come on, somebody. If you don't recognize what God has done, just go ahead and breathe in and breathe out. And you'll recognize that God has been good to you this day alone. That God has done a great work in your life this day alone. can be seated tonight. David said it like this. He said, when I consider thy heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, thou hast ordained. He said, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visit him. 
But I sit down and I begin to think how great God is and all the things that he has done. I don't even, there are times that I don't even know why God wastes his time on me. Why God comes out and he, he provides constantly. Even when I'm not completely in line and in sync, God still is making a way. God is still providing. God is still supplying. And there are times that I wonder why, what, what is it about me that I'm so, that you are so mindful of me? And I come to find out that I'm not worth anything. I'm not worth that much. I'm from the dust of this ground. And when I die, I'm going, this flesh is going back to the dust of this ground. So while I have an opportunity, I'm going to use my my time the right way. I'm going to exalt the one that needs to be exalted. I'm going to lift up the one that is worthy of the praise. I want you to know that Jesus is worthy of all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, everything that is in you. He is worth it all. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We're not worthy tonight, but I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to stand in his presence. I'm thankful that he's made a way that I can come in here and I can lift up my hands without wrath and doubting. I can open up my mouth and I can give him the praise that he deserves tonight. You can be seated. When you begin to consider some things, find out that God is great and when it boils down to it we're not really worth that much that's why I can't get lifted up that's why I can't become prideful that's why I can't allow things to come against me and cause me to think that I don't have to worship God any longer Cause me to think that I can just coast my way through this thing. No, I'm not interested in coasting my way through this thing. I'm interested in getting a hold of God. I'm interested in there being a change in my heart. I'm interested in there being really a change in my family's life. I don't want to coast my way through it. I want a move of God in my life. I want God to shape me, to mold me, to rearrange me, to have his way. You can be seated tonight. That's important. Because you'll find out that God did great things. You'll read throughout the Bible. One of the most one of the most popular or famous accounts in the Bible that we all know is the the work that God did as he sent Moses down to Egypt to deliver his people. And through, through Moses, God wrote a great work. The Bible tells us that he, it teaches that he delivered them by his, the Bible says, by his mighty hand. He delivered them. And he brought them out of Egypt and he brought them into a place where he wanted to begin to teach them how to serve him and how to worship him. On top of that, God rained down manna from heaven on them, day in, day out. God rained down quail upon them. And you'll find out that their hearts, as they begin to lust for things that were not right, 
and that was not of God, they begin to forget the mighty things that God did in their lives. They no longer regarded the things that God did in their lives, but they actually disregarded what God was doing as they begin to chase after their own wants and their own fleshly desires. I never want my flesh to rise up and cause me to forget what God has done in my life. Come on, it's time that somebody crucify the flesh so that you can begin to see what God has done in your life so that you'll begin to remember how great God is when the flesh rises up, you begin to be blind to what God is doing and what God continually wants to do. But I pray to God somebody came to crucify the flesh and the affections and the lust thereof and get in line so that there'll be a thankfulness, there'll be a gratefulness that is in your heart. Come on, God has done great things. He's done too many wonderful things for me to become proud, for me to become stubborn, for me to become unthankful, for me to become ungrateful. He's been too good. You can be seated tonight. When these things happen, and we forget the operation of his hands. The work that he has done. The work that God continually wants to do. I don't doubt that people know what God has done. But there are times that I doubt that whether people are continuing to allow God to continue to work in their lives. It's important that we're careful and that we never find ourselves in a place where we've stopped. You know, no one can stop God from performing a work in your life. The only person that, the devil can't stop that, okay? The only person that can stop that is me. I'm the only person that can stop God from moving in my life the way that he wants to. The devil will talk all day long and cause you to believe that he has the power. But the Lord told us, <coughs> excuse me, the Lord already told us that we have power, that he would, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, that you will receive power. He said, I'll give you power to tread upon serpents, power to tread upon scorpions, power over all the power of the enemy. So the devil can't stop us. The only person that can stop us is you and me. But when you get that flesh underneath your feet and you begin to walk in the spirit and not after the flesh, you know the importance of allowing God to work in your life every single day. You can be seated tonight. Think what people don't understand is that when Scripture tells us that because of this, because they forgot about the work that God had done and has continued to do, because of that, he said, therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge 
And you'll think the scripture tells us that the Lord said it in another place. He said that my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. When you think of the lack of knowledge, when you think what that is saying, is saying that people don't have a knowledge of who God is. But why does people don't have a knowledge of who God is? It's not because we don't have anything. We have the Bible right here. And it tells us about God. It tells us who he is. It tells us what his name is. It tells us what his plan for our lives are. But you'll find out that people don't have a knowledge for God, not because there's no resource, but because people don't have a desire to know God. There are people that will walk past this Bible all day long as it collects dust and never sit down to open it up and see what God has for them. There are people that they advance in this life in, in knowledge of this, in, of the inventions of this world all day long, but somehow they can't come to the knowledge of God. Then there are those that the Bible tells us that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. There are people that have, they have a zeal of God, but it's not the correct, it's not according to the correct and vital knowledge that they need. You'll find out that there are people all over this all over the city and the surrounding cities that they proclaim to have Jesus. And they they do uh, they do feed food they have food pantries, they they feed the homeless, they do all of these wonderful things. And those things are good and knocking those things. It has its rightful place. But you'll find out that when it comes down to correct and vital information that they need to have, they don't have it. They don't know who God is. They don't know that there's only one God. They think it's three. They don't know that his name is Jesus. They'll call him in everything else but Jesus. They don't know that you got to repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and live a holy and separate life from this world. That is correct and vital information that we need to have I don't want to just have zeal just to have zeal. I want to have it according to knowledge. Like, and on knowledge that is going to cause me to be beneficial. I don't want to just call him God. I want to know what his name is. I want to call him by his name. When I call him by his name, I get results. And his name is Jesus tonight. It's nothing else. It's Jesus. I don't want to just have zeal, but I want to have it according to knowledge. You can be seated tonight. But they didn't have this knowledge. They didn't desire to retain the knowledge of God. And because of that, this is what I'm afraid people don't people don't understand. They don't know that people that don't have a desire to know God and to retain the things of God 
They don't know that in the spirit that there is a place being prepared. There is a place that is making room for those that don't want to retain the knowledge of God and don't want to get in line with the word of God. The devil loves it when people reject the word of God. The devil loves it when people don't want to listen to godly authority. The devil loves it when people kick against the word of God and they believe in lies and things that aren't true because that guarantees that those people are going to the place that he has prepared for them. There are people that don't know that hell is expanding itself tonight. It's in a building program. People don't know that. It is making room for people that disobey God's word and that don't have a desire to read God's word, don't have a desire to pray, don't have a desire to do the things according to the kingdom of God, that, that neglects and rejects and refuses to sit down and consider what God has done, the work that he has done. I want you to know that I refuse to allow the devil to cause me to get in a place where I, refu- where I forget what God has done in my life. God has pulled me out of the horrible pit. He's pulled me out of a miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. He's established my goings. And there's no way that I will allow anything to forget the pit that I was in and what God did to pull me out of that pit. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm thankful tonight. I'm grateful tonight. I appreciate what the Lord has done. I haven't lost my thanksgiving. I haven't lost my worship. I haven't lost my praise. Because every day I'm reminded of just how great and good God has been to me. You can be seated tonight. When I look at things in my life, I I can see the work of God's hand. When I look at my family, I see God's hand, handiwork in that. I see that. It's not just by coincidence. It's not just by chance. You know, some people are saying, well, oh, you was not had to do with it. It had nothing to do with God's work. Work that perform my life, work perform my family. That's what I'm saying. Luck and it's, it's excluded and credit away from God. Uh, come on, we don't believe in karma. We don't believe in luck tonight, but we do believe in the work of God. And I want you to know that tonight in Bell Glade, you might not understand it and you might not see it, but there is a work of God taking place tonight. And I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for it. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't you allow this world to cause you to believe in anything else other than the work of God, other than what God has done in your life. Come on, it ain't superstition tonight. It ain't all these stuff that the world throws out there. It's the work of God. It's the handy work of God. It's the operation of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Come on, somebody. Do I have some people that are thankful for the work that God is doing in your life? That you're thankful for the work that God is doing in your children's life? 
Come on, do we got some thanksgiving tonight? Do we got some praise tonight? Do we got some worship to give the Lord tonight and let him know that we are thankful? In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, dear God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Don't let the world, don't let the enemy cause you to believe in anything else but God's great work. In Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let us remain standing here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. The Bible, the book of Colossians, it talks about us being raised up by the operation of God. I'm thankful tonight for the work that God has done. God has done great things, things in my life, and he's doing great things. But I want you to know the greatest thing that he ever did was when he washed me of all of my sins and all of my iniquities and he cast it far as from the east is from the west and I rose up in the newness of life and he filled me with his precious spirit. Let me tell you something. There is no greater work than that that can be performed in a person's life. And I want somebody to know that if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost tonight. You can receive it tonight. Not only that, you can be renewed with the Holy Ghost. You can be empowered, revived, regenerated tonight. We're not, we're not mindful of what God is doing, what God has done. We become carnal. We become ungrateful. We begin to bicker. We begin to murmur. We begin to complain. I don't have time for that. I want to keep my eyes on what's important tonight. And that's the work that God is doing. Nothing else is more important. God is doing a great work tonight. Let us lift up our hands tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, young person. Are you thankful for the fact that you have a, a godly school that you can come to, that there is shelter from the chaos and from the rain and from all of the distractions in this world? Are you thankful tonight? Can you worship him? Can you give him praise tonight because of that? I want you to know, don't take it for granted. It is a precious thing. What's been instilled in you is a good thing tonight. And if you get a hold of it, it'll stay with you. It'll strengthen you. It'll encourage you in those bad times. It'll lift you up when you need it the most. Come on, adults. Come on, adults. Don't allow the cares of this life to cause you to lose your thanksgiving. Don't allow bills and job and all of these things that cause you to forget that God is working a great work in your life. It may not, you may can't see it at times, but he is working a great work. 
I wonder if I got some people that are here in the house tonight that can come down to these altars and can lift up your heart with your hands and tell the Lord that I'm thankful. Tell the Lord that if I've if I become ungrateful, help me, Jesus. Instill inside of me something that I can appreciate what you've done. That I can begin to appreciate what you've done in my life, what you are doing in my children's life, what you're doing in my marriage. Oh, come on, somebody, lift up their voice. Lift up your hands. I'm talking about the operation of his hands. God is doing a great work. In Jesus' name, the Holy Ghost is here. Go ahead, somebody, lift up your voice. Open up your mouth and ask God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, perform that operation of God in my life. Raise me up. Pull me out of the muck. Pull me out of the mire. Fill me with your spirit. Plant me in your body. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 